Hey, it's Amino Hassan, and you're listening to the Sun's Solar Panel Podcast. The Phoenix Sun Solar Panel Podcast. No Greg Esposito today. Of course, we have Dave King, but that is okay because we do have a horse in the show. Amin Al Hassan, NBA analyst and commentator with ESPN and Sirius XM, as well as former assistant director of basketball operations with the Phoenix Suns. I mean, I cannot believe that Dave King convinced you to do this show twice. Uh, <laughs> well, I, last night was a little bit more natural than than the the regular request because last night we were actually having a conversation in the in the new in the uh, media room. Yeah. Uh, it was me, Gina Mazel from the Athletic, Dwayne Rankin from the from the Republic, John Bloom from uh, KTAR, and and who else was there, Dave? Was it just, that's it? I think that was the group. Yeah, and so we were talking about this is before the game. What's it gonna take for Devin Booker to be an All Star? Because I think we all feel like this. Beyond how he's playing, this is the strongest chance he has in the sense that the Suns are not as bad as they usually are. And also, Steph and Clay are not going to be playing. So, And Westbrook is terrible. So it's and like West, this yeah. is the, the, the <laughs> three door, of the, the, yeah, three three of the, the, of the guaranteed all years are out. Right. Right. Or at least, let's say two and a half because you, you never know what the coaches. Sometimes they just. Yeah. They go rubber stamp. Ah, Westbrook, he's been an all-star. Just check him in. But if they're paying attention, if they care about the voting, uh, then technically this is the year he should be out. So that opens the door uh, in a major way for for a book to finally be an all-star. Yeah, so let's talk about the overall all-star setup really quick. The voting you guys are seeing on Twitter, uh, being shared through Twitter, uh, that starts with fan voting, then goes to media voting, and... Um, uh, player player voting, right. That's only for the starters, which is five players per conference. So it doesn't matter that Alex freaking Caruso is sixth in the voting or seventh in the voting because he's not going to win the media voting. He's not going to win the um, uh, the fan. But he's not going to get high enough on any of them to be top two. So all we're looking for is the top two guards and top three forwards in each conference. Then all that voting gets thrown away. And then it's just the coaches, just the 30 NBA coaches and whoever they assign on their staff to do it for them, um, pick the rest of the teams. And so that'll be for the West. That'll be two more guards, three more forwards and two wild cards. So what we're talking about here on today's show is obviously Devin Booker is not going to be voted in by the fans or the media or the players. Um, although he ranks okay on those on the media and last year and media and players, he was sixth in both. That's not top two. So don't worry about that. What you got to worry about is what, what are the coaches going to do? So Amin's going to help us talk through what the coaches are going to think about and, and what they've historically done and where he thinks Devin Booker will fall on the, on the reserves line. Again, it's three big guys, two guards, and then two wild cards that could be either guards or bigs. So that's that's what we're talking about. Don't worry about that fan voting that's online, and don't worry about what the media or the other players think. It's the coaches that really are going to pick most of the, each team. Yes. Yeah, so talk us through what, uh, from your history, I know um, 
from being in the basketball operations side with the Suns several years ago, and then being around the whole na- nas- on the national level for the last seven years. Um, what, what's your understanding of how what coaches value when they pick the teams? All right. So one of the things to keep in mind is um, the coaches have this vote for, to pick the all-star, the all-star reserves. If you think about the life of an NBA coach and the duties that he has, realistically, where do you think this falls on the priority list for him? Yeah, that's why I say if right. he delegates to right. an assistant. And, and even then, delegates to an assistant, where do you think the priority lies for those guys? Because the reality is they've got enough stuff that they're worried about, real-world stuff that is going to affect their ability to pay their mortgage, to pay the tuition for their kids' school, the car. No, like that, it's, a re- it's a job, right? Uh, we got, you know, Philadelphia coming up, and we got to play, you know, I got to do the scout for this, and, da, 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 and like, hey, so-and-so is not feeling well, and this guy's upset, and we're trying to get him on the right page, and this guy's been late to practice. Like, they all have a million real-world things that they have to deal with. Who's right. going to be at the popularity contest is not that high on their, their – and I say this to say this. Like sometimes when I'm talking to people about, hey, who do you think is going to be the reserve? Well, if you look at his PER in clutch mo- – like they, I promise you the coaches are not looking up any of these numbers because they just don't care. It's not that important. <laughs> yeah, if you had to guess how many – they have to write down some names. They get a list of possibles yeah. or do they just pull it out of the top of their no. head? I because so I'm I'm assuming it is like the one that we get as the media because I'm one of the media voters and what you get is like basically a Google form. It's not a Google form. It's a little bit more uh, classic, gussied up. But basically, it's like drop down menu names, pick one, right, and, and pick another. So or you're pick not. Two. You're, they wouldn't be allowed to pick Alex Caruso if they mistakenly I mean, selected something off the drop down. No, I mean, I th- I think, yeah, I, I think because someone audits it, and also you got to think there's only 30 coaches. So if someone picked Alex Grusso, I think, I think, I'm not sure, but I think they'd probably email him, like, are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> uh, and also there's a, there's a confirmation screen, right, before you finally submit. It's like, are you sure? These are your picks. Uh-huh. Do you want these to be your picks? So you'd see it. You'd see Caruso on there. So the chances of that happening are fairly slim. Um, I mean, nothing against Alex Caruso. No, no, I just—he's not an all-star. Wait, wait, wait. So if 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 a media member has sort of an outlandish vote in the eyes of uh, the NBA, they'll actually message to confirm you no. intended to do that. No, no, no. Okay. There's nothing more than the dialogue that happens right before you submit. It just confirms these are your picks. I got you. Okay, but, um, but I think I mean what you were saying is if a coach goes through all that, because yeah, there's only thirty of them, they might reach out and go, "Are you sure you meant to pick, you know, Josh yeah. Jackson?" Right? I'm, yeah, I, I'm guessing. Like I, I, I it would be fairly right. simple for them to suss that one out, as opposed to out of hundreds of media voters and hundreds and hundreds of players. Um, because if you see in the in the player votes all the time, like guys like. Uh, what was the kid from the Clippers a couple of years ago? Like he, he yeah, played one yeah, minute yeah. all year long, and somebody right. voted him. Because right. players, I think the play right every year the players. There's some group of players that have a little bit of fun nominating somebody who doesn't belong as a joke. Best friend or every something. year, media right or every year media like the local media guys, the ones who work in the in the local markets, end up 
picking some of their own guys, you know, on their, on their own local team over obvious players. Yeah. Um, everyone's got weirdness in their votes. So coaches, so your guess is the coaches don't spend a lot of time. They don't do any research. They just kind of look through, and these are the guys that what? That scare me the most when I'm coaching against them? Yeah, so, yeah, so I think so once you get over, like, I'm not going to say they all just kind of just gloss over it, but just lay that baseline for everybody to keep in mind. They don't care. It's nice and all that, but it's not their priority. It's not the main thing that's keeping them up at night. They're they're focused on that. So then once you get past that, then you got to figure, okay, are, are any of them doing like serious research on this? Probably not. But at the same time, they are going to try to uh, reward people that probably gave them a hard time. That's one. But the other thing also is the coaches – by and large, are very very strongly um, lean on winning, right? That's the one thing that you can, as a coach, they can look at it and go, I know for a fact, though, this guy's helping his team win. And so that's why when people say, oh, I can't believe Book hasn't been an all-star, right? in the in the realest way possible, it's like there's, you have no chance, unless you're averaging 45 a game. Like if you I were think doing, even Booker's so, best fans – haven't been clamoring saying he's been robbed for an all-star game right. yet. But I think this year is is the one, the first one. This, this one is the one where he's got a chance. Early in the year, obviously, people felt very good because the Suns were winning. And as long as you're winning, as long as you're, you're kind of like in that 6, 7, 8 seed area and above 500, now you you have a legitimate conversation. The problem is, obviously, the Suns have fallen apart since that strong start. Um and again, I'm not saying that's Devin Booker's fault. Oh, if he had played better, they'd, they'd be, you know, in that picture. I'm telling you, the fan, the excuse me, the coaches are going to look at it and say, "Huh, okay, the Suns are 13th in the West." And by the way, they were good earlier. Now they're not. That that's that's going to be a strike against them. Now there are exceptions, right? So one of the exceptions that we talk about is the um incumbency exception right this is not an actual exception by the way, because i know some nerd is going like, this is not in the bylaws no 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 <laughs> i'm just saying like as far as the voting behaviors of these coaches if mm-hmm. you've been an all-star before they're gonna lean on well he's been an all-star that's why dirk made all-star games like at a point in his career where he probably shouldn't have that's why right. you know uh, Jordan made an all-star game in, two th- in the last year of him playing. Like, he wasn't one of the best players, but it's Michael Jordan, so people go ahead and do that check mark there. So you, you, there's that, uh, winning, the incumbency, and I think they also give credit if you are better than what they thought you'd be, right? Mm, and this right. is going to play in at, uh, in. This year's voting, I think, for a specific person. I'm, I don't know why I'm teasing it. Like this is a radio show. But... <laughs> oh no! Come on, yeah, let's hold, let's hold them out to the end. This is good. Okay. This is good. Um, yeah. So we've got. So what we need to do is go through what you think are, because okay, so it's pretty obvious. Devin Booker has to be one of the two, well, uh, one of the two bench guards picked, or one of the two wild cards picked. Right. He's Let's got not even four... talk about injury replacement yet. Let's just right. go top one. So there, there's four potential, although those two wild cards could end up both being big men. So right. let's start with the two 
let's start. First of all, the starters are going to be James Harden and Luka Doncic. Yes. We already know this. They have so many votes. There's no reason these two would be not picked by media or players. So they're going to be the two starters. Three million uh, and two million. I mean, that is on the fan votes, right? Yeah, right. But even, there's not even a reason. Like you can't. I mean, you can't imagine media saying, "Ah, no." There's there's so many better guards than those two. This is right? this is. This is not Yao Ming 2002, where Yao Ming as a rookie was voted an all-star starter to the power of millions of Chinese fans. This is legitimate. Like, these have been the best two guards. They're going to be unanimous, I think, Harden and Yeah, you, and can't, even, you can't even say Slovenia is going crazy for Doncic because Slovenia is not as big as the number of votes he's getting. Even, so. even, even, even <laughs> if it were, even if, even if Slovenia was the size of China, this ain't because he's popular there. It's because he's right. actually good, right? Right, right, right. So it's like gonna be Gian- Giannis. Giannis isn't going to start because Nigeria and Greece are really behind him. Giannis is going to start <laughs> because he's one of the best players, right? All right. So let's. So, so we got those two as the starters. What's that? It's just so. It just it's so painful for. Oh, Suns we're not going to hash. Luka, we're I not going to hash I out. Know, Luka but today. you know it is. Props to Luca. Props to you for being so good, even though you rip your shirt off. Um, and so let's go on to the next. Who is behind? Who do you think are the locks to be behind those two starters? The first two guards named to the bench team okay. by the coaches. So I think Damian Lillard is one. Um, he's playing fantastic, even though his team isn't playing fantastic. Damian Lillard uh, benefits from two things. One is the incumbency like he's already an all-star he's already considered one of the all-stars and he's having a good year boom you get to be an all-star the other thing he benefits from is now even portland's though... not sorry let's stop uh okay. for a second sorry um portland's not winning as much this year but because he's but, the incumbent that's why you're saying that's not going to matter as much there's that and there's also portland is what a game out of eight yeah, they're not. It, it's still pretty so, good. So yeah. they're still they're still in the eyes of coaches. They're like, okay, they're they're not doing great, but they're doing better than a team that's not in the playoff race. And that's the game. That's if you're a Devin Booker proponent, that's what you're trying to overcome. The idea that the Suns are not in the conversation, as opposed to the Blazers and the Spurs. And now, yeah, the, you're going to get yeah. some people who are going to say, but, 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 um, because the Suns are literally one game behind, half a game behind the Blazers in this race. But what you're saying is that the Spurs and the Trailblazers are assumed playoff teams. Yes. Likely to be in the race at the end of the year, whereas a team like the Suns or probably Minnesota, maybe even Memphis, um, probably won't be fighting for that eighth seed 30 games from now and and, and you think that coaches are going to see it that way yeah especially when you consider if you're talking about the blazers and the spurs they spotted minnesota and phoenix to start the year right yeah they they started awful and minnesota and phoenix started oh we're going to be 500 level teams and then the bottom fell out for those two teams and those other two teams are creeping back up and so if you're if you're a coach, you're probably thinking, okay, like these are the ones that are going because they make the playoffs right. every year, and these guys who haven't made the playoffs in a while or have only made the playoffs once in 300 a years, while. if you're the, <laughs> the the Timberwolves, 
they're probably not going to be there. And so there's there's that element there. Right. So, I mean, Lillard to me is like, this is lock city. There's no chance he gets left off. Okay. And, and so if we he got does, Lillard as one of the guards. If he does, there's a great album on the way, I guess. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. no. so then the other lock... See, I think there's actually three locks for for guard. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll build up to the third guy. The second guy yeah. is Don, Donovan Mitchell. That's a lock. Uh, Suns fans are not going to be happy about this, but you need to explain why. Because numbers, while they're really good, are not quite as good as Booker's. Yes, but they're 24 and 12. That's it. Okay. So this, it, <laughs> this is a legitimate good team in this league. And... They've been playing so much better. So again, it's one of those things. Like they started bad, Reason and then, yeah. and then, yeah, and then Mike Conley gets hurt. That's another thing. Like, oh, they didn't have everybody, and then some dude, quote unquote, even though we all know that's not how this works, some dude put them on their on their shoulders and carried them uh, to this place. So no but Conley. That's bear. <laughs> well, Sorry. I think. Well, yeah, I, I know, mean, I know. And he's gonna. I think he's gonna be an all star too. I think he's gonna. I think they're gonna send two. This is where you and I now. Of course, I'm a little biased against. I don't want Mitchell to get in ahead of Booker, but I understand why you're saying it. What I think, what I wonder is, if you're a coach and you're doing these drop down options and you're and you're filling out your ballot and you're, I don't know what you're thinking as a coach, of course, because I'm not one. But do you really put two jazz players in ahead of spreading the wealth amongst other teams hell yes they spread the wealth among the winners that's who they spread the wealth around right lakers are going to send two denver is going to send one right i don't know who else on the nuggets jamal murray clearly hasn't played well enough to be an all-star or consistently enough to be an all-star right houston is going to send probably one maybe two we'll talk about that in a second clippers are going to send at least two Maybe more, right? Dallas is going to send only one. So, and then after that, you're starting getting to the team. And then as you go down the list, now you're talking about teams that don't deserve to send. You can't be an eight seed, for instance, and have two guys going to the all-star game, right? Unless those right. two guys are phenomenal, like just have to be out of this world, but that doesn't exist in this world. So there's no spreading the wealth. There's spreading the wealth maybe around good teams there's sometimes they send more than so remember the year when atlanta won 64 games or whatever they sent four guys to the all-star game right sometimes coaches will reward like a team that's doing really well like they need to have they did do that with atlanta yeah but they're never gonna say hey you guys are a good team i don't think you should send two though because i can figure out a way for the pelicans or the warriors to send. it's not like the MLB All-Star game, right, where every team has to have at least one All-Star? Is that right? That's right, that, right, right, yeah. right. That is the MLB. God love them. Yeah. Okay, so you you think it's totally fine for Utah to get both goes, those guys in, picked by the coaches. Um, so you think, Don, you think Donovan Mitchell's a lock yeah. uh, as the second guard with Damian Lillard? Yes. And so... Plus, how much do you think, or if at all, does the Olympic team or the whatever team USA matter mm-hmm. to these coaches? I mean, maybe someone might vote, say, hey, this guy actually played and da-da-da, and, you know, 
You yeah. Know, but I don't I don't think that's very high on the list. I think for the most part, they're going off of, hey, these guys are, are good. They beat us. He played well against us. He's one of their best players. All-star. Right. Right. And so then the third guard that I think is a lock, like guaranteed Lockington, is Chris Chris Paul. Absolutely. Yeah, see, that was interesting to me when Absolutely. we talked about that last night. Chris Paul, you said? Yes. That's interesting. And because... I'm actually surprised that there's not more chatter about Chris Paul with the way he's playing this season. He's been playing great. Oh, no, it's starting. The chatter starting where people are saying, oh, look at that. They got the best record since December 1st and. You know, last night or two nights ago, they played the Rockets. They smacked them around, and he dribbled the ball between what's his name's legs and yeah. and, and subbed himself out the game. Like all of that is theater. Don't get it twisted. It's not like oh, he's really into the game. That's all theater. Of look at me, America. I'm I'm doing this thing right here, right? Um. So, but and, and, but, but the I, bottom line, and I get what you're saying. I totally get what you're saying. But the bottom line. He's shooting 47% from the field. He's averaging 16 points and 6 assists. Hey guys, it's Espo back to remind you that there are many ways that you can support this show. Uh, you can start by following us on Twitter, you know, following us at Sun Solar Panel. Leave a five-star review. That's right, five-star review. You probably remember when I used to do that. We might even read it on the show. You can click the link in the bio and leave us a voicemail and, and support the show that way. Or you can go to sunshirts.com, buy a shirt. Or, you know what, there is another way. There's, I told you, there's so many ways to support this show and keep Dave with getting his Geritol, get Tim to get his glasses, keep me feeding my daughter, however you want to look at it. You can help, uh, help the show out. You can donate. Uh, as well, if you click the link in the show notes, you can donate one, five, ten dollars uh, to the show, and it is greatly appreciated as it helps us keep through this. This is a passion project for Dave, Tim, and I. We all uh, do other things, but we love connecting with you, the Suns fans, twice a week. So support us, sunshirts.com. You can donate, follow us, leave a five star review. However you want to do it, we appreciate you. And you know what? If you donate ten bucks, Tim's gonna send you some sun sh- uh, solar panel swag. I don't know where he's getting it. It's probably some shady place that that he knows about out there in Florida. But it's cool stuff. So uh, donate. Thanks again, uh, Greg here and Tim and Dave. Also appreciate you. It's Sun Solar Panel. You can support us sunshirts.com or leave a donation. And they're winning. Yeah. So he took the team that Russell Westbrook had. Oh, pardon me. He took a team that's not as good as the team Russell Westbrook had last year. And he's got them playing better. Oh, because Russell had Paul George, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, you know, they sold off parts. They they got rid of Jeremy Grant as well. So, and again, remember who's voting for this. It's coaches. Coaches who look at Chris Paul, this guy's a Hall of Famer, and he's a winner, and he, you know, he, he's a, one of the smartest players, and oh, he's such a pain in the ass, da da da, da. It's like, you, Chris Paul's going, trust me. Okay. And, and so most importantly, everyone, everyone, everyone thought the Thunder were going to be terrible. That's the other thing. Everyone thought, we or did, at the yes. very least, not this good. Yeah, we did, for sure. And again, you're so, talking Tim, what now. What do you think so far? We're ta- of these, one last of these thing. Lines. We're talking about like 40, 
40, 45 days now of the best record in the NBA. Right? Like right. that's the other thing. It's like not just winning. Oh, they've been winning this year. It's like they've been winning at an elite level right around the time when people like again the recency bias. Like, how are they been doing? They're kicking ass. Right. So what do you think, Tim? I mean, Chris Paul's on off numbers look amazing. Uh, I mean, I don't I don't think that it means wrong with any of this. Uh, I mean, we haven't talked about guys like um, you know, John Moran, D'Angelo Russell, you yeah, know, a bunch of guards. There's there's we're we're, we're yeah. right now we're talking about guys that are playing well that are on winning teams. Um, Devin Booker only has one of those two things going for him. Right. So now we got three guards deep. Uh, that's into one of the wild cards to get right. those guys in. So you have a wild card pick left. Right. So, let, so let, let's, let's make this through. interesting. Let's make yeah. this interesting. Let's do the bigs. Okay. All right. So, so uh, DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. <So laughs> um, I think there's only one guy in the country who thinks DeAndre Ayton could be on the all-star team and, and – does he? he has he's a, just he has a, working last night. Yeah, he has a podcast somewhere else. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> he's just working. It's DeAndre Ayton himself. Um, okay, I mean, so let's go through. So we've got the three starter bigs are going to be AD, LeBron, and Jokic. Right. AD, LeBron, and Jokic. Okay. So those guys, those are going to be the three guys who win the starter positions in the front court. So who do you got next? Or, or by the way, or or maybe quiet. Maybe instead of Jokic, it's quiet. Either way, that's both those, those those guys, those four. Let's say are locked in. AD, LeBron, Jokic, Kawhi, and then probably PG. So again, right. that's how what I had on my list too. So you've got those five, right? Five. You got one more big that's front court specific spot, and it comes down to to me, Rudy Gobert. Carl Anthony Towns, Montrez Harrell, LaMarcus Aldridge. One more. Where's the other guy? That might be it. It might be his um, You said Towns. Yeah, you did. Yeah, Towns, Gobert, Harrell, Aldridge. There are I people think, who say Brandon Ingram should be considered. Sure. I mean, you could put him there in the same way that we could put D'Angelo Russell on the guard list. He ain't going to make it. <laughs> okay. Um, so I think Gobert is, again, a lock. I think Utah's going to send two. Um, and this has – part of it is to do with – because they're winning. Uh, and obviously he's clearly a big part of that. Part of that is because Towns is hurt, right? Yeah. Towns, if Towns were healthy – he would stand to benefit from the incumbency factor, but he hasn't been. He's missed a bunch of games. Again, when did he miss the games? Right now when the voting is supposed to be happening. He's been hurt for a while, and they're terrible, right? They're, they're, they were good to start the year, and now they're circling the drain. So I think that knocks Towns out. Mm. The combination of Minnesota just not winning at all lately. And him being in and out with injuries. Yes. And specifically injuries right now when the voting would be happening. Right. Um, oh, let's so, talk about that for a second. Yeah. When uh, do the coaches do this vote? 
So it's, it's got to be after the 20th, right? It's, after it's the a, starters are announced? It's after the starters are announced. So I want to say it'll be two weeks before All-Star Weekend. So probably the 31st, I would say. Probably by the first. The first. Uh, okay. That's right. The trade deadline's the 6th, but the All-Star Weekend isn't until the week after. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. So you've got those guys. As your so you so now we're into that. We filled up so now, the bench big. We filled up the bench yeah. guards, and we filled up one wild card guard. And you've got that as, let's just say Chris Paul. Yes. And so now you're looking at, um, you're looking at um, these are the guys that are that you're competing with if you're Devin Booker. I'm just going to name them, right? Let's not saying better than or worse than. I'm just saying these are the candidates. You've got Russell Westbrook. Hasn't played well this year, but when you're two, three years or whatever, how many years removed from an MVP? Right. That's like the that, incumbency part. That shine wears off very slowly for guys like that, right? Mm-hmm. You've got... uh. Lou Williams. So this is the Lifetime Achievement Award, right? The combination of he's played well, he averages 20-plus points a game off the bench um, for a team that's winning and also for a team that its main two guys don't play all the time. So he's a consistent guy. Um, You've got... Man, that'd be a heck of a pick for the coaches to do over... Full time starters. Because, because, well, I mean, the, the the idea is a, he's done doing it off the bench at a way at a level that we've never really seen anyone do, and b, because this factors in too. It's like Devin Booker's got plenty of years to make an All Star team. This is Lou Williams' probably last shot. This this might be his last shot because of just the stars and the moons and the planets all aligned where guys are hurt and some guys aren't playing as well as we're accustomed to. And now it's like, if Lou Williams is ever going to get that nod, this might be the year. Um, uh, DeMar DeRozan, again, playing well. And the team, while isn't wowing you with its record, is better than it was when it was the second worst team in the West like a month and a half ago. That just feels like it would just be a Spurs vote. Hey, let's get a Spurs no. guy in there. I mean, again, yes. But the co- you tell me the coaches are gonna go back to the well. Yes, they might. Yeah. Um. Uh. Said Westbrook. Said uh. Lou Williams. DeRozan. Oh, and this is the other. One. This one is a dark horse. And that's why the next couple of weeks are really crucial. Because if Memphis is in the eight seed by the time these people yeah. vote. I think John yeah. Morant. John Morant has a serious. I, I thought about this overnight, and I just can't. I can't. Wow. He's got a lot going against him, right? He's a rookie. He plays in Memphis, and Memphis is n- not that good, right? Though, so there's there much like I said about Devin Booker. You got plenty of years. There, he's fighting people saying, "Ah, John Morant, you got plenty of years to be to be an All Star. It doesn't have to be this year, right?" At the same time. People thought Memphis was going to be the worst in the conference, and they're in the playoff conversation, and that that's pretty big. And he's playing really well, 
and there's a chance that he probably played well against many of these coaches' teams. So I can see some guys going, that dude's good. And ultimately, uh, it's all about expectation, right? It's the same thing as, like, who wins most improved player. It's always some dude. It's not, like, the guy who's improved the most, although Pascal Siakam definitely uh, hit the nail on the head on that one. It's It's really... Most improved player is code for. I thought you were going to be garbage, but you're actually pretty good. <laughs> like, oh, oh, I didn't think you you were that good. Right? <laughs> that, so, so John Morant could be a little bit of that. A little bit of that. It's like so much thought, better than immediately than people thought he would be as a rookie. Exactly. Exactly. He's, he's making an impact in that on that. Uh, again, with a team that's young, mostly young, and a first year head coach. So, uh, and then from the big standpoint, Lamarcus Aldridge. Who again, as the spur vote or whatever, mm-hmm. and then I think Montrez Harrell really has a good shot too, um, averaging nineteen and seven and shooting fifty seven percent from the field. Like, and again, same thing as Lou Williams. I show up every game. Every I play game. every game, and uh, people see how important he is to what they do because of his ability to pass out of the pick and roll and obviously finish really well and so now the the thing that's working against Harrell and Williams and Aldridge and DeRozan is every so DeMar DeRozan and Aldridge I think I can see people saying the Spurs deserve to send somebody I don't see anyone saying the Spurs deserve to send two somebodies. So what ends up happening is that vote, that vote gets split. Um, with Harold and Williams, same thing. It's like, I can see them saying the Clippers deserve to send three people, right? Maybe four people, but probably three because it, they're not, they're fourth in the, they're tied for fourth or whatever they are in the right. West. So if they had the Lakers record, they'd absolutely send four. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Exactly. So they've already got, but will coaches, would coaches consider if they've, yeah, so they've already got uh, two Clippers on the team. The two Clippers are already on the team, right? By this, by the time they're picking the last wild card between Lou Williams, Montrezl Harrell, and all these other guys, including Booker, they've already got Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have a hard time thinking they'll pick a third like Lou needed to not have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard on his team as well. But see, I I think, I think what, what helps Lou is that those guys haven't played every game and he has. And so there's a consistency to his 20 points a game uh, there. Right. So I can see that I can see the lifetime achievement award thing and the lifetime achievement. But I can also see that the coaches would sit there and go, yeah, he's never been an all-star. He's doing the same thing basically this year as he's done in the last few years. On the same token, I can see them going, okay, I'm going to skip Lou because this is a tough decision. You know, and, and you have to, like, think outside the box to pick him. I, I don't think it's as outside the box as you think. I just think oh. that the same guys that might vote for Lou are the same guys who might vote for Montrez and... I think that's going to split their vote up, right? Yeah. 
You've got to split the vote. Exactly. So then it is a matter of, of the number of coaches who pick these players. And so some will do Montrez, some will do Lou. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. What do you think about this, Tim? You think we're going to have three or four Clippers on the team? Uh, um, I, I think it's it's possible that uh, we get three Lakers. Uh, on this Who's team. the third Laker? Uh, Alex. Stop. <laughs> uh, he's he's been playing well though. I mean, isn't there a serious argument for? It? I'm not, I'm not saying it, it, the the number Wait. one team in the West. It's Stop. I don't Hold think on. it's. Hold on. hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh-huh. I just need I need to know if we're fucking around right now or not because <laughs> I I I can I can I can have fun. But if you're making a serious <laughs> argument, I'm for not, Alex Caruso is. I'm not. I'm not making an argument for him. I just. I. I don't think it's unfathomable that the no, number one un, team. It is unfathomable. It's unfathomable. It is unfathomable. <laughs> it is unfathomable. No, we were talking. We were talking about how like the Atlanta Hawks got four guys a few years ago because they were so much better as a team. But not Alex it was like Caruso. It was like the, the, the whole, most the whole starting and, lineup. And, and, and yeah. really, I don't think coaches would ever pick Kuzma either, even if he had played all the games. Right. Well, he, he hasn't still played all that well. He's a crappy player. I guess the, my main, the, the biggest question that I've really wondered this entire episode listening to um, uh, Mean Give His Analysis is the coaches, when, when you watch the Suns, um, it's clear that they are game planning virtually every game single-handedly against Devin Booker. Sure. And how much does that play into their decision when they know every single time we play Phoenix, we draw up a game plan for this one specific player? It matters as much as the win-loss record. Right? And so if you're winning, then it it's immense, immense value. If yeah, you're not winning, then they don't care. But because if, unless, but if they're not in, winning... Unless, unless, unless... He's having like a James Harden esque year. Then it's like, man, we try everything. This guy averaging like thirty eight a game or thirty seven. So a game these guys whatever. are scheming against Booker every night. And now this is this is where I really wanted you on this call because homers who watch nothing like ninety percent Suns and ten percent other teams are thinking not clearly right. So this is why I want you on this call. Um, coaches scheme against Booker have been for years. And he still beats those schemes, and yet the play, the team around him isn't good enough to win the game anyway. Not like book down, and all you got to do is stop Booker and win. No, I mean the Suns are so bad. Booker still gets thirty, even though you double team him and blitz him and all this, and you still win the game. Do the coaches go? Well, he's not as good as I thought because even though he got thirty against my best defense, we still won. No, I think it's not. It's not even that. It's not. It's not a rings thing where it's like, if you if you're that good, you'd be winning. It's literally they are rewarding winning. Like you're good, yeah. but you still it, just because, gotta win because the, the, damn game. the the reality is he's not clear cut better than Donovan Mitchell, for instance. Like clear, like clear in the way in the way that like Lillard is clearly better than all these guys, right? Yeah, that's why he gets in. Despite not having a w- winning record, for Booker, as long as there's a conversation, the lack of winning is going to hurt him. See, this is what goes into the la- so the coaches' vote is probably about two weeks from now, two and a half weeks from now, right? Mm-hmm. Recency bias. We've already talked about this throughout the episode. Recency bias is real. Yeah. 
Um, how are the, how's the team doing the last few weeks? Have they been surprising? Have they been disappointing? You're saying winning has a lot to do with when they're, when they're sitting down at their desk, they take a grand total of maybe 10 minutes to do this. Yes. Um, picking <laughs> exactly. all these players. There's click, 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 click. Does that look wrong on my confirmation page? Okay. Then send. Um, it's, we talked about recency bias. So, uh, that's why I was saying last night when we were having the conversation was, I really think like the Suns have to get a positive national vibe again over the next two weeks in or, some way. They can't be losing or, seven of their next 10 games. Or there's another, there's another out. He just has to keep like, so he, he had a streak of 30 point games broken last night, but if he just keeps destroying, I mean, like just taking this clearly taking his game to the next level. I think that helps too. I think I I think they don't necessarily have to win if he just clearly separates himself from from the pack. So he's either got to do the Harden Doncic thing, like where he just yeah. dominates the the, the box the, scores, yeah, box scores, yeah, in multiple ways, not just points. But he's getting his assists, you know. Yeah. So he's so if he averages seven, eight, ten assists, not even. Um, I'm telling you, if if if, if he averages. 35 a game, not for the year, obviously, but like in like 30, 30 plus weeks. in the next couple of weeks. And uh, we were talking about this yesterday, a couple of eye poppers need a 40 point game in there. Need or like last point. night, are they going to, you know, or, last or, night, or, or back see, to that back threes with a that's steal. The, that's a win though, right? That's yeah. I, I'm, I'm saying what's the scenario where the Suns don't even win. Let's just oh, assume yeah. the Suns continue to be a bad yeah, team. Yeah. Then he's got to be just like, I'm out here killing. I'm killing. You're not going to keep me out of this game. And so uh, some gaudy stats, uh, a 40-point game, a 50-point game would be great right about now. Uh, keeping those averages high. And then like, if you six a 50-plus game where the Suns lose because then that just feeds into same old, same old. But I, I, think, I think if he starts doing that, I, I just – you start to make the separation, right? Then there is no conversation about who's better, me or this guy. It's I'm clearly better, and that and I think that's an avenue that he can he can take. Or you win games, you win games, and keep playing well and have nights like last night. That helps too. So if you've got the guards in the West, um, again the the bench guards being Lillard a lock. You mm-hmm. think Mitchell's a lock, and you think Chris Paul's a lock. Mm-hmm. You're down to one wild card position. Who are his top three? Uh, who's his top three competition to get that last wild card? Westbrook, because of the name. Yeah, I think Lou Williams, because the Lifetime Achievement Award, and then I think Montrezl Harrell. Okay, so if you're a Suns fan, you're hoping that. Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell split the vote amongst the coaches who want to get a third clipper in there and they want to give a lifetime achievement to one of those two. Um, and you're hoping they're just tired of Westbrook. And well, they, not tired of it, but you're hoping that they, they are... You're hoping, take a year off. <laughs> you're, you're hoping they're not doing this voting thing like in the middle of just doing their taxes or whatever <laughs> like yeah, you hope so, they're, they're they actually <laughs> like burn a calorie and do this shit on purpose like <clears throat> well and you're purpose. also hoping that 
Westbrook hasn't had like six straight triple doubles, 30 point triple doubles. That ain't going to happen. Uh, yeah, the only way that would happen is if James Harden is out. <laughs> and then Westbrook decides to pull the, I'm going to get myself in the all-star game run. Like, like I feel like he's done a couple of times. Yeah. Well, but Harden doesn't get hurt. So that's, that's true. He doesn't, not, not he doesn't hit anyone hard enough to get hurt or move fast Shit. enough. <laughs> don't, don't, don't be fooled. He hits hard as hell. Well, well, okay. Okay. Uh, but he's the hitter, not the getting yeah. hit, I guess is yeah. what I, yeah. That's true. His whole game is hit first. Yeah. That's that's a, that's a great point. Um, wow. So that's that is really interesting. So we uh, when I when I first joined that conversation last night, I walked up, walked into the media room, and the first thing I heard you say is, "Damn, it really he really does have a shot." Yeah, I think I think he's gonna make Devin it. Booker. I think he's gonna make it. You think is? I think, like, I've laid out all these different candidates and why this, why that, but honestly, I think he's going to make it. Oh, that'd be nice. That'd be a nice, that'd be nice. Because uh, other players are, like, just last night, um, I forget which of the Magic players, when I say last night, th- Friday night, when you're listening to this, Suns played Friday, and to beat Orlando, Devin Booker had back-to-back threes with a steal in between them and then a stop right after that putting the suns up two for good uh and i forget i think it was they, uh, uh they beat orlando or did, they, or did they beat the lakeland magic i'm not it wasn't quite <laughs> they have fournier said he's definitely an all-star when they uh, of course that's obviously guys you know dap up the other team when the other team wins and they they do that a lot but um also also, players don't know how to count, right? <laughs> like they, they think that like the thirty all stars were running around. Right? This is my favorite thing. Yeah. Like some, I can't remember who got who got snubbed last year, and like they complained about like, oh, so and so should have been an all star, and Michelle Roberts, the director of the Players Association, was like, yeah, he got snubbed. I'm like, hold on, you're not the <laughs> The executive director of some of the players, you're like, you're basically complaining that someone else in your constituency should not have been an all star. Yeah. <laughs> so you need to tell me who that is. Michelle she Robbins. needs like, to have been called on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did on Twitter. No one cares though. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let me ask this then about about Devin Booker. Do you feel like among the media nationally, uh, do you feel like the media thinks Devin Booker is an all star level player? Yes, I think so. I think I think he's he's fighting again. He's fighting the winning part. Ten ten years of ineptitude. Yeah, yeah. Um. Uh. That that's a, that's basically what he's fighting. From from a basketball standpoint, I think most people recognize he is one of the great young players up and coming in this league. So you don't think, and I don't mean this flippant. Well, I do mean this flippantly. Never mind. Uh, you uh, know, Alex Caruso. What's up? You don't think Booker's a looter and a riot? No, no, I don't think so. I think he's efficient. I think he works hard for his shots. He's judicious. I don't think he's a gun. Like, looter and a riot usually are just gunners. They take a lot of shitty shots. He takes good shots. And he takes shots off the dribble, and he takes shots moving off screens. He's got a a nice mix. Um, He's playing better defensively this year, although, like, the effort levels that were there earlier this year are not quite as consistent now. It's a come and go, yeah. It's a come and go, but... Let me put it this way: If Devin Booker were on another, if Devin Booker played for the Miami Heat, 
I think it would be he'd be considered a passable defender. He he'd be better than that. I think yeah. he'd be better than that. You think in so? The same, in the same way that Tyler Hero was not considered true a good right. defensive player coming out of Kentucky, and somehow he's doing it because it's it's about a lot of it is about the demand, but also the environment where everybody's doing it. You can't be the guy who's not doing it, especially in a place like Miami, because they're just like, go fuck yourself. And so, so I think if Devin were somewhere else, he'd be a better defensive player because the environment would demand yeah. it of him in a way that, you know, in the same way that how what player were we talking about the other day? Oh, it's Towns. That yeah. Towns is never going to be a consistent defender in Minnesota because it's his franchise, right? Like part of this is coming somewhere and knowing, oh, this is just how they do it. Either yeah. you do it or you're not going right. to be here. And if it's his been, franchise, like you said, exactly. like with Booker. It's it you are if you already give him the crown and the cape, what why do I need they've to do already anything? arrived. Yeah. Right. Why do I need to do anything? I think I'm right. playing pretty good defense, right? And so when they play harder, it's the stuff they like doing. Right. So he gets Devin Booker getting better on offense because he loves offense. He's not necessarily getting better on defense because that's not fun, and they're not winning anyway. Well, so this I don't, year, I, I don't, it's a little honestly, different. it's not even that. I think it's one of those things where they think they're actually doing it, but not necessarily. Uh, like but the, they can't the, tell the difference because no one else is doing it. Cause exactly, because yeah, the okay. em, every the environment doesn't point it out to you, as opposed to if you were playing defense the way they do in Minnesota or in Phoenix, in Miami. We're gonna have like the organizationally, we're gonna have a conversation with you. Like yeah. that's this doesn't fly here. Um, uh, should we get to mailbag questions? I know we're yes about fifty minutes in. I mean, and we don't want to take up all of your time, but we did reach out on Twitter, let some of our listeners know that you were gonna be on the program today, and uh, they did have a couple of questions for you, if you don't mind. Let's do it. Uh, this one comes from J.T. Seymour. He says, is Phoenix a desirable free agent spot now? It's obviously not L.A. or New York, but it is a young and upcoming promising team. Um, I would say the main thing you got to remember when it comes to free agency, zip codes are overrated. Yes, in some cases, like Kawhi just wanted to play close to home. So even though he won a championship with Toronto, like the zip code mattered to him that much. But in for the most part, <clears throat> players want to go where they're going to win and where they're going to win, preferably doing my thing, like doing the thing that they do best. They want to be the reason, basically, for winning. And so what you're seeing is the free agent destinations are the places, the organizations that are well run. Um, again, that's I'm not telling you that like oh Salt Lake City is going to be a hot spot for free agency although they got Bogdanovich so maybe not but the idea that somehow like whether people are going to come to Phoenix ties into oh well they got young players no they've had young players for ten years mm-hmm. right that's not going to get it done what's going to get it done is an organization showing that they got their shit together the Lakers swung and missed how many years in free agency and it wasn't until they started to show that they had their shit together they drafted well they were improving they you know had an identity uh defensively and then lebron says okay i'll come try it it's the reason why the nets got free agents and the knicks didn't right knicks is supposed to be the most marquee free destination there is but it's run like a shit show so you when you hear kevin durant says nobody cares about 
the Knicks. Like that's real. That's that's what players think. They look at that organization as like, why am gonna why am I going to waste the prime years of my career with an organization that clearly doesn't have its shit together? And so as long as Phoenix has that reputation, which it absolutely does and has absolutely earned, the only free agents you get are the guys you overpay. So you gotta trade. Uh, this one coming from well, Jack. Hold on, Frank. wait, wait. Let me, let me. Can I follow yep. up on that a little bit, Tim? Um, so this past season, this current season, of course, there's no uh, longevity yet. There's no real foundation yet. But do play? Do you think players um, see the Monty Williams and James Jones combination as something with promise to create the foundation? that the Suns need, or do you think players are still like, as long as the owner's the owner, that that place is a shit show? I think it's somewhere in the middle. It's like, as long as the owner's... Exactly. The owner's the owner's owner, and it's been a shit show since he's been in charge, basically. Uh, And Monty seems like, like, I like Monty, and I like James, but, all right, if they are going to overcome their ownership, all right, let's see him do it. Let's see him do it. Okay. Overcome. So it's kind of a wait and see. Yeah. So best case scenario, the Suns get good and consistent over the next year because this summer's free agency sucks anyway. Um, everyone's going to basically sit out until the summer of 2021 after Giannis picks his team. Best case scenario is the Suns at that point are seen as a place to go because of the the up and coming, the winning, all that stuff. But they've got to get there first. They've got, they've got to finish this year strong. And then, if not make the playoffs next year, got to be like the last week. It got to be like Denver, basically, a few years ago, where it's like we didn't make the playoffs, but it took like the la- it took that Wednesday of the last week of the year for us to get eliminated. Like the, you, you're you're talking about that sort of thing. That's why, like, I was when they were eleven and eight. I think I went on um, on uh, ninety eight seven. And I can't remember whether it was the morning show or whether it was Gambo. But they were like, Monty Williams has changed the culture. I was like, no, no, no. No one changes the culture in 20 games. Like, yeah, it, that takes years. Culture is something that's set over years. Monty said that this week, too. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, he's just buying time. Well, no, it's true. It's you don't. It doesn't happen quick. Because that's just that's you know, you have a culture when the shit hits the fan and people react the the appropriate way. Were you like at it, all surprised that he uh, Sarver finally gave out a five year contract to a coach? Yes. Or does that not really matter? No, no, that matters. That totally matters because it insulates money. It allows him to coach the way he wants to coach. If you don't like it, all right, pay me for the next four years. You want to do that and then pay another coach? Not likely. So I think that insulates it. It buys him the time because again, to fix this situation, it's not going to happen in twenty games. It's going to take a long time to fix this situation. And you heard in the frustration in, in, in his voice in the uh, press conference after the Sacramento game. Right? Or was Sacramento, was it, when he, when he yeah, said, yeah. As, as, long as, keep, yep. the, yeah, as long as we keep doing the same thing, we're going to see the same things, right? That's no, what he's it wasn't fighting. Sacramento. It was the what game. game was it? Oh, yeah. So anyways. Uh, Grizzlies. Grizzlies. Grizzlies, yeah. Yep. So, so basically, that's, that's what he's describing. He's describing beating down all of those awful tendencies which again do not dissipate in like half a year or in a month or two months it it takes years to establish 
hey, this is how we do it. And if you don't like it, there's a seat right next to me on this bench. That takes time. What do you think about DeAndre Aiden coming off the bench, speaking of a seat next to me? Um, well, early in the year, I don't know if you remember this, Dave. I was saying when, when he was suspended and, and they were playing well, and as a, a lot of what's happening is because Baines is in the right place at the right time <clears throat> on yeah. both ends, right? He knows when to screen. He knows when to hold guys. He knows when to rotate over defensively and, and re- recover and rebound, and he's, his awareness is is – fairly high which Mm -hmm. would you expect from a guy who came from san antonio and then boston after that and i said when ayton comes back it'll be interesting whether they say oh here you go you're the starter because you're the number one overall pick and you average you know 16 and eight or whatever it is or do they say no no you don't you're not playing the right way we you have to show that you are bought into the way we do things uh, before you can inherit that uh, starting spot, well, and, and I said, I well, and I said, I I think the coaches would probably lean towards starting Baines, but I think there would be pressure from you know where mm-hmm. to absolutely bring that dude back and put him in the starting lineup, and I said that's going to tell me a lot based on what happens, and sure enough, you start Aiton, and then. Now, what I did not anticipate was that Baines would fall into a shit spiral over it. Right. Yeah, I don't think anybody did that. I, Yes, and that, that's I mean, the he's hard part. 20, I, we were looking up his numbers last night. He's shooting, been, been shooting 25% on threes, and almost them are, almost all of them are wide open. Well, part of that is because he's shooting from the corner. Uh, yeah. He's just like, that's not where he should be taking threes from ever. <laughs> for for any reason, which actually this kind of leads well into uh, the next listener question. I mean, this one comes from uh, Jack Frank. He says, uh, does it mean think that the front office and coaching staff's ability to change lineups more frequently is a sign of Robert Sarver staying out of it? That there's changing lineups? Yeah, basically what he's saying is last year and in the last couple of years that we were playing our young players a lot more probably than they definitely deserve to be playing. And um, talking about, for example, um, uh, uh, Aaron Baines starting over DeAndre Ayton is are examples of that and uh, a sign that Robert Sarver is being a bit more hands off this season. I would say no. I, I don't know, to be honest, but m- my guess is. Not my guess. I'm going to tell you like this. However hands-off Robert is, he's going to be hands-on again. He can't help himself. <laughs> it's going to happen. Like, and it might have already happened in the sense that we just talked about. Yeah. Based on how they were playing, you would keep starting Baines and say, I'm not going to mess this up. But they didn't. <laughs> they started They started dating. So. I feel like uh, my my take on, on this is that Monty gets the, uh, gets the expected pressure whether appropriate or not from james and from the owner on who to play and stuff like that especially you know aiden and then um monty actually won a little bit this week by getting everybody on board with him bringing aiden off the bench for a little while because aiden is appropriately chastened is the right word he was a little miffed um he was you know he's he's a child the guy's a man child. He's never really had to make any real decisions in his life. Everything's been handed to him and he's been propped up his whole life, just like most of these kids. Um, and he looked a little bit like a pouty boy, uh, 
when he was being interviewed by Dwayne Rankin last night, which is funny. I was in the locker room. We stayed a while to try to get everybody in the locker it's room. Post game. It's post game last night. Sorry, post game Friday night after the uh, after the win over Orlando, and Aiton had uh, thirteen and nine coming off the bench for almost thirty one minutes, and he finished the game. So he did everything you would want a starter kind of guy to do, but he didn't actually start the game. Baines got back in there, played almost 18 minutes, which is perfect. I think in the year that Baines actually uh, started most of his games for Boston a couple of years ago, he was a 17, 18 minute a game player, but he was the starter to get him on the right track and he closed out when he needed to. Uh, so I think that's last Friday night's rotation of those guys was perfect. But then Aiton, well after most everybody had left, and kudos to Dwayne for waiting around. And he actually got and he posted on Twitter an interview with Aiton. And Aiton's like, look, man, I'm just working. I'm just trying to do what everybody wants me to do. He looked like he's been, you know, his tail between his legs a little bit. Um, and I think that's good because Aiton needs a little bit of a wake-up call. And everybody needs a little bit of a wake-up call. And I think we all agree that it's right to to reward Aaron Baines for being so good at what he does, even if it's not all-star level, it's never going to be. Uh, and have DeAndre Aiden earn his way back in the lineup by playing the right way. Um, I think that helps everybody, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if part of Aaron Baines's regression a little bit was because as soon as he came back from injury, this is literally how it went down. Baines went out for nine games because of this this stupid um, hip injury. I think it was nine, um, and the team kind of started tanking. But when he came back. He was even saying, yeah, we had to talk about it. And because DeAndre's coming back in a week, I'm going to come off the bench now to get used to my bench role again. And he seemed positive about it, but he hasn't played well at all since. And so it may have played with him a little bit going, God, you're just going to hand the reins to this other dude, even though he doesn't play the game right yet. Um, or maybe not. Maybe it's just it's a hard adjustment for him. Because, again, you, you play with the starters. You got Ricky Rubio, who's an amazing passer. You got Devin Booker, who's a great spacer and scorer. You got uh, um, uh, Ubre, who's Ubre, also yeah. who's been shooting well. It's like life is a lot easier than I got to play with Bridges and Elia Kobu and like and, and no no disrespect to those guys, but if you're a guy like Baines, who's not a naturally gifted offensive player, playing with lesser talent makes life a lot harder for him. Yeah. So true. I mean, I don't, I don't even want to make it like he was pouting about not getting the start anymore. It's just I don't think, I, I don't think that's the, it's a good situation for him. But that the part that I did not anticipate was that he would continue playing bad even when playing with the starters. Yeah, but to be fair, when he got back into the starting lineup with Aiton healthy, okay, so then he had like five games when Aiton twisted his ankle. And he did end up with a couple of games starting, and he was bad, right. even when he got back with the starters. And then Aiton came back, and then they've been doing the side-by-side -side thing, and that's been not great, even though those minutes have been, like, um, you know, squeezing squeezing out positive minutes. The rest of the lineups are just all wacky, and that's why Monty went back to this. I think with Aiton coming off the bench until he proves he can play some fundamentally sound most of the game and be consistent most of the game, I think that's a good move. And that shows that they can that Monty has a little bit more pull than maybe a prior coaches did. All right, what's our next listener question, Tim? Um, that was a uh, that was it. That was it. We're well, at about one. You want to keep going? Yeah, hold on. Okay. Let me got another question. 
Uh, yeah, I, I, I see it on my timeline. So what, what do the Suns need to do this season? What is your, what do you, what would you do if you were in charge of the Suns this season? They're 15 and 23 yet. They're only a couple of games out of eighth. They're 10 years out of playoff contention. And so you might want to push for that, but they're also only 15 and 23. And this is supposed to be a building year, you know? So what do you think the Suns should do? at the trade deadline this year? This is an interesting question because we're talking about this uh, like off air at the jump a couple weeks ago. They're going to get real offers for Baines. Um, who's, by the way, a free agent at the end of the year can walk uh, and probably will walk unless he's really, really well paid by Phoenix. Um, so it might be an opportunity to really cash in value like the old like flip real estate flip. You got the guy uh, because Boston was trying to shed salary. So, you you know, you really didn't have to give up much to get him. He plays well enough for you to make him attractive. And then you go and get more assets for him. Like they got an opportunity to do that. But at the same time, I think that would strike a massive blow to their efforts of trying to make the playoffs this year. So you kind of have to, because I think there's even, there's even value in coming up short of the playoffs, but at least going, yes, the Suns haven't gone for it after the the trade deadline in five years, doing the Denver, there's value in doing the Denver, which is, yeah, we didn't make the playoffs, but we were there up until the last year. It's, it's what Miami. So people asked last few years, why doesn't Miami tank? Why doesn't Miami doesn't tank? Because they knew the moment they get a little talent in the door, everyone else was going to be ready. Because they never stopped doing things the right way. The they right never way. stopped uh, doing things in a, 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 with a winning mentality. And so that's why you get a guy like everyone like Duncan Robinson. Who knew? Like, well, all he's known is the Heat system, whether it was in Sioux Falls or or when he was down in Miami. Um, Bam out of bio and, uh, you know, Winslow, even though Winslow's been hurting. So those guys never got the, hey, man, this season's over, so we're going to cut some corners here and get your shots. That never happened to them. So now, obviously, it's like, oh, now we got meaningful basketball. We're ready for it. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think if I'm Phoenix – between now and the and the trade deadline, I've got to figure out whether we can get back to forget wins and losses, just get back to playing the style of basketball we were playing earlier in the year. Get back to that level of attention to detail. Get le- back to that level of energy, uh, positive energy on the on the defensive end, particularly. And if we can in the next what is that three weeks, then I go full speed ahead, make the playoffs, miss the play, it doesn't matter. I'm going to keep these guys together because I want this experience to be meaningful, yeah. particularly, particularly for, for my best players, for Devin Booker, for Kelly Oubre. Devin if, made, if Devin's falls, made a couple of comments lately about how he really wants games to matter. <laughs> and yeah. like uh, after a win, he kind of chuckles about it like, um, uh, last night, somebody asked a question of 
about winning. He's like, I haven't had much of that, you know. And then uh, a week or so ago, after a big loss, he's like, man, it's I'm four years into this. These games got to start mattering. Um, I like that the games matter, and I really think. Look, it, it, I, I think it's very likely that the Suns are in the same position in two weeks as they are now, which is comfortably under 500 but still in 10th, 11th, 12th place on a nightly basis because these teams aren't going to separate themselves in two weeks. Um, So I think the Suns are where they're going to be in two weeks. They're not going to fall apart, and they're not going to suddenly win seven straight. Um, So given that, and let's say the organization decides that we're going to have the rest of the season matter, do you think the Suns should go for a trade to bring in someone like you know, along the lines of a Gallinari that, or even a bench scoring guard, so they don't go zero for fifty when when Devin Booker's sitting. Um, do you think the Suns should do that, or do you think they should ride out the team they have and look for continuity and try to get back to the early season production, like you said? Or, or more so, do you think that the what, what do you think the Suns will do? Ah, that, well, let's do of... both: should and will. I think should it all it all depends. It depends on what's available. It depends on what the asking price is. It depends. It depends on a lot. Well, yeah, because I don't see them mortgaging the future to get yeah. better this year. I get that, but if you've got an opportunity to net neutral the future, would you would you go for you know um, kind of trying to make a splashy trade, uh, or would you just ride it out? I think I, I, I'm I'm of the belief that the team has the talent. It's not a talent issue. It's a execution issue. And so absent bringing in a talent, a supreme talent, right? Like just someone who's uh, like, if you tell me, oh, we can't we can go get Lillard. Well, obviously you go get Lillard, right? right? Right. But if it's not like that kind of clear talent boost, just a nice player off the bench or whatever, that's not what's going to, that's not the reason why they're not winning, right? The the reason why they're not winning is what Monty said in the press conference. And yeah. until it's addressed, there's no trade, there's no mild to medium trade that's going to fix it. And that's why I'm like, look, the, the answer is in that locker room. It's not, it's not, we were looking at it yesterday, Dave. How many dudes on that team are shooting terribly on wide open threes? Oh my God. It's not. It is so sad. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, that's got to turn around, right? It's got to yeah. level off. These are career worst like uh, stretches for these guys on on wide open threes. So it's going to turn around. So so it's it's one of those things where I don't think I don't think you go searching for something somewhere else. I think the guys in that locker room have to look at each other and and hold each other accountable. That's the main thing. It's like when someone messes up, you got to tell you, yo, that's not how we do it. You can't, you know, the, the coaching staff can only do so much. All right. Any other questions, Tim? Uh, no, I think that's it. Amin. Wow. Thank you for staying Thank with you. us for over an hour. We really appreciate this, buddy. It's all good. I'm long-winded, so. I'm... <laughs> ah, <laughs> no, this is wonderful. A, that was fantastic. I think the, the listeners truly enjoyed uh, hearing from you. You can always follow Amin on Twitter at Darth Amin. Amin, thanks so much for joining the show again. No problem. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you all next week. The Sun Solar Panel podcast now available on Spotify. Just search Sun Solar Panel. Now back to three awkward guys talking about the suns.